So what three things are necessary for success? So belief in everything that Allah has revealed, in everything that Allah has commanded, in everything that He has informed us of. Secondly, following the messenger. Third, righteous company. Who were the Hawariyun? The people with pure hearts, clean hearts. Who were they? What did they do? The Hawariyun of who? Of Isa alayhi salam. So what did they say? That we are Ansarullah. Who are Ansarullah? Is it only the Hawariyun or can anyone else become Ansarullah? Can anyone else become Ansarullah too? Who can? You can? Okay. Good to know. So if we want to be Ansarullah, then what do we have to do? Would you like to be Ansarullah? Okay, so then what do you have to do if you want to be Ansarullah? Would you like to be Ansarullah? Why would you like to be Ansarullah, by the way? Because we're supposed to say yes. Yeah? That's the politically correct answer. But why should a person want to be Ansarullah? Of the Ansarullah? What's the benefit? It's the most honorable position that a person can attain. It's the most honorable work that a person can do on this planet. Literally, the most honorable work that a person can do on this planet. There's no other noble work that a human being could do. The best is that a person is a prophet of Allah. But that's too late. All the prophets are gone. The last messenger, Muhammad wasallam, he came and he's gone. After him, who are the heirs of the prophets? Who? The scholars, right? Those who learn the deen and pass on the deen. Those who are helping the deen of Allah. So the best thing that a person could do is to help the deen of Allah. Be of the Ansarullah. So if we want to be Ansarullah, then what should we do? Firstly, we have to learn the deen of Allah. Then what else do we have to do? Teach. But is that the only way? What if someone is not good at academics? Okay, follow the sunnah, yeah, but what else? Seize any opportunity to further the cause of the deen, to help the cause of the deen. And every person has been given some ability, some capacity with which he can help out. Everyone's strength is different. Isn't that so? Now if you think about it, the Hawari Yun, according to one opinion, they were launderers, right? Now, they were not scholars, Right? But even they became Ansarullah. So never think that just because you don't know how to speak English or you don't know how to speak Arabic or you did not learn such and such when you were very young or you do not have much money, you do not have much education, this is why you cannot be of the Ansarullah. No. Anyone can be of the Ansarullah. But what's the key? What's the main thing? That whatever strength Allah has given you, whatever ability He's given you, whatever opportunity He's providing you, seize that, grab it, and do the best that you can do. Whether it is with your writing skills, or it is with your physical strength, or it is with your ability to drive, or it is with your ability to talk, or it is with your ability to paint and to draw and write and design and make videos or whatever. Whatever that you can do, whatever strength you have, whatever qualifications you have. You know, we learned earlier about spending in the cause of Allah. And we learned that spending is not just money, but also whatever skills that you can dedicate, whatever time that you can offer. So we all think that we want to be Ansarullah, 
But we need to consider this very seriously. We need to have a tangible, very concrete plan. Because this is the most honorable position that you can have. This is the best way of being successful. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, Kunu Ansarullah, be of the Ansarullah. And we discussed this earlier as well, that when a person is of the Ansarullah, then what happens? He is with a group of people, righteous company. And that is what helps a person. You know, you could be going to school, you could be the only Muslim there, the only practicing person over there. But if you are linked with a group of people who are working for the deen, then you're going to get your strength from there. Isn't that so? So for example, you go to school, you go to university, you go to work, wherever you go throughout the week. But you come here on the weekends. You get reminded, right? You are surrounded by good people, so you are reminded of your purpose in life. You don't forget about who you are, what you're supposed to do. It gives you the energy to survive the whole week. Correct? So this is why it's necessary to be of the Ansarullah, for our own good. Not because the deen of Allah needs us, but for our own good, for our own benefit, for our own survival. And if a person stays back, then who is he harming? Only himself. So the Hawariyun, they said, نَحْنُ أَنصَارُ اللَّهِ We are the helpers of Allah, we will help the cause of Allah. Now on the one hand, Isa gained support. From who? From the Hawariyun. And on the other hand, the opposition that he was facing also grew intensely. This is just like the Prophet Once the pledge of Aqaba was made, once the people of Medina, they came, they offered him his support. What happened on the other hand? The mushrikeen of Makkah, they were planning to literally execute him. Before they could not even think about lifting a finger against him and now they were planning to execute him. So where the help of Allah comes in, the opposition also grew. Right? And if you look at it the other way, where the difficulty grows, the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also comes in. إِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يَسْرًا So, وَمَكَرُوا وَمَكَرَ اللَّهِ They plotted and Allah also planned. وَمَكَرُوا Who plotted? Those who disbelieved. Those who disbelieved in Isa alayhi salam, they plotted, they planned in order to kill him, in order to harm him. And the word makr is from the root letters meme kafra. And makr is that when a person afflicts harm or he takes revenge from his opponent through ways that his opponent cannot even imagine, through ways that his opponent cannot even expect, through completely unexpected secret ways and causes. And this is why makr resembles khidar, it resembles deception. Because there is an element of deception in that. Okay, So, وَمَكَرُوا They secretly conspired and plotted. Why? In order to kill Isa salam. They had had enough of him. Because he had defeated them completely in argument, in proof. The truth was made very clear to them. They could do nothing else. So they just wanted to get rid of him. So, وَمَكَرُوا They secretly conspired in order to harm Isa salam. And on the other hand, وَمَكَرَ Allah. Allah also plotted. Allah also planned against who? against those who plotted against Isa salam. So in other words, those who disbelieved in him. Wallahu khayrul makirin. And Allah is the best of those who plot, of those who plan. Al-makirin is a plural of makir. And makir is one who plots, one who contrives a plan. 
So Allah is the best of those who make a plan. How is He the best? Because He is the one who is successful. People make plans in order to harm others or in order to inflict revenge or whatever. But are they always successful? Are they always successful in their plans? No. But when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes a plan, is He successful? Always. Why? Because He is the most knowledgeable and people are not. He is the most powerful and people are not. He is the most capable and people are not. So, Wallahu khayrul makirin. Allah is the best of those who plan. Now, before we continue, you might think that makr, you know, it gives kind of an evil meaning. That you're making a secret plan in order to harm someone, in order to inflict revenge on them. And it kind of gives the meaning of khida' of deception. So why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say concerning Himself that He also plotted? Or He is the best of those who plot? If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has described Himself with makr, then we also accept it. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is most knowing of Himself than us. But one thing that we must understand is that makr, in and of itself is not something that's evil. Okay? Makr is not all evil. No. It is good in some contexts, and it's evil in other contexts. In which context is it evil? When it's not supposed to be done. Okay? When it's not supposed to be done. Or when it's done against an innocent individual. Then it is not good. Correct? But in which context is makr good? In which context is makr good? When is it good? When is it right? When is it justified for a person to have a secret plan? When? When he has an opponent, right? When he has an adversary. When he is fighting against someone, when there's competition, when he has to defeat someone. This is just like once in one of the battles, Umar bin Wud, he came against Ali radiallahu anhu, before the battle began. And this was a tradition amongst the Arabs that before the battle would begin, one person or more would come from each side and they would have a combat, just two individuals fighting in front of the two armies. And this is how they would begin their battle. So once Ali radiallahu anhu, he came forward from the Muslim side and from the Mushrikeen side, who came? Amr bin Wud. So Ali radiallahu anhu, as he came, he said, I did not come to fight two men. And Umar, he turned back. Who's the other man? And when he turned back, Ali attacked him and finished him. So this is in a way makr. This is khidar. This is like deception. But isn't it good to have such a plan in this context? Yes, because it's going to lead you to victory. It's going to defend you. It's going to lead you to success. Alright? So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Wallahu khayrul makirin, don't think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is doing something evil. Not at all. He was inflicting punishment on those who were trying to harm his messenger. Alright? He was inflicting punishment. He was basically countering their plot with his plan. So, Wallahu khayrul makirin. He is the best of those who plan. Now, like I mentioned earlier, where Isa got support, the enmity also increased, the opposition also increased. But did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala leave Isa alayhi then? That okay, you have 12 disciples to support you, that should be sufficient. Is that so? No. Isa alayhi got 12 disciples. The enemy increased opposition. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also made a plan to save Isa alayhi Why? 
Because Allah does not abandon His servant. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, وَلَيَنصُرَنَّ اللَّهُ مَنْ يَنصُرُهُ Allah will surely, definitely help the one who helps his cause. So, the Hawariyun, they were Ansarullah. Isa alayhi salam, he said, مَنْ أَنصَارِي إِلَى اللَّهُ Who will be my helper for the cause of Allah? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also helped them. Allah did not abandon them. And sometimes we don't see the help coming, but it is there in so many ways. The challenges will remain. We think help means no difficulties, no challenges. That everything should go smoothly. That for example, I'm trying to do the course, I'm trying to study the Qur'an, so when I do the lesson, I should be able to memorize it within seconds. That's the help of Allah. And if I'm not able to memorize the lesson in seconds, that means I'm not getting the help of Allah. Is that so? No. That's not how it is. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's help comes in many different ways. But remember, the challenges will also always be there. The help of Allah does not mean that everything will be the way you want it to be. That there will be no challenges. That it will be a very smooth sail. No, there will be challenges. There will be difficulties. When the Prophet ﷺ migrated to Medina, when the help of Allah came, then was that it? There were no more problems after that? No. There were still many, many problems. The mushrikeen came and attacked the Muslims almost every year. You had Badr, you had Uhud, you had the battle of Ahzab. So many battles, one after the other. So then why are the challenges there? Why are the difficulties there? Why? For other reasons. One of those reasons is so that we keep struggling. So that we keep our intentions sincere. So that we remember who we are. So that we remember what our mission is. Because when everything becomes easy, then we become relaxed. When everything becomes as we want it to be, then sometimes our niya also gets corrupted. We start thinking very highly of ourselves and we forget to turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, وَمَكَرُوا وَمَكَرَ اللَّهُ وَاللَّهُ خَيْرُ الْمَاكِرِينَ Allah is the best of those who plan. Allah had a plan in place to save Isa salam. Now the question is, what was the plot of the Bani Israel, of those who disbelieved from amongst them against Isa salam? What was their plot? Do you know of what the Bani Israel did in order to kill Isa salam? They tried to crucify him. So one of the people who had deceived Isa who had betrayed him, his face became like that of Isa so the people caught him and killed him. So basically, they wanted to kill him. Okay, that was their makr. And about this, people have said that they accused him of apostasy. Okay, because they couldn't just kill an Israeli man, right? Because Isa was still an Israeli. They couldn't just kill him. He hadn't committed any crime because he was obviously a prophet of Allah and you cannot expect that a prophet of Allah would do something evil. So they could not find anything wrong in his character just as the mushrikeen of Makkah could not find anything in the Prophet ﷺ to blame. But what did they do? They said, oh, he has cut off from us. He has created division amongst us. He is a liar. He is a soothsayer. He is a magician. He is this, he is that. So likewise, the Bani Israel, they accused Isa of many things. All right? And basically, they accused him of apostasy, that he has left the religion. Just as the mushrikeen said, that he has left the religion of his forefathers. So that's the only thing that they could say against him. 
And they basically wanted that he should be crucified. Because someone who become an apostate, then he would be punished very severely. And it is said that they even went up to the Roman courts. So you're talking about secular courts in order to accuse him, in order to prove him guilty so that he would be assassinated. So this was their makr, وَمَكَرُوا But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He also had a plan. And what was Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's plan? To save Isa alayhi salam. There are many different versions of that. I mean, people have come up with many different versions. And there is not even one unanimous opinion amongst the Christians. You know, some say that the one who betrayed Isa alayhi salam, his face was changed. Or that Allah lifted him up from before. And one of the disciples, he volunteered that his face should become like that of Isa alayhi salam. Or that all the disciples, their faces became like that of Isa alayhi salam. So there are many, many versions, many stories out there. But at the end of the day, what was the plan of Allah? That Isa alayhi salam was saved. And that's all we need to know. That is sufficient for us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Surah An-Nisa, ayah 157, They did not kill him, they did not crucify him. They were not successful in killing Isa alayhi salam. They were not successful in crucifying Isa alayhi salam. وَلَكِنْ شُبِّهَ لَهُمْ But the matter was made, شُبِّهَ لَهُمْ It was made to be confused. Meaning the whole matter became confusing. They thought they had killed him, but they hadn't killed him. They thought they had crucified him, but they had actually crucified another individual. So, وَلَكِنْ شُبِّهَ لَهُمْ And Allah tells us, وَإِنَّ الَّذِينَ اخْتَلَفُوا فِيهِ لَفِي شَكٍ مِّنْ Those people who differ concerning it, they are in doubt about it. مَا لَهُمْ بِهِ مِنْ عِلْمٍ إِلَّا اتِّبَاعَ الظَّنِ They have no knowledge about it except just following supposition. So any story you hear, that's based on what? One assumption. That maybe this happened. Maybe that happened. وَمَا قَتَلُوهُ يَقِينًا But the fact is that they did not kill him for certain. Meaning they did not kill him. He was not killed, he was not crucified. So that was the makr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is further explained in the following ayah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِذْ قَالَ اللَّهُ يَا عِيسَى When Allah said, O Isa, إِنِّي مُتَوَفِّيكَ Indeed, I'm going to lift you up. This was the makr of Allah. This is how Allah saved him. How? That Allah said, O Isa, indeed, I'm going to take you. مُتَوَفِّيكَ is from وَوْفَى يَا وَفَى And وَفَى is to fulfill. To fulfill. For example, wafa of a promise means to fulfill the promise. Wafa of a commitment is to fulfill that commitment. So, mutawafi is one who takes fully. One who takes fully. And the word tawafa, yatawafa, is used in many different ways. Okay? Primarily it means qabd, to take. But it's used in many different ways in the Qur'an. One of the meanings is, of this word, is to cause to sleep, to give someone sleep. Because when a person sleeps, then what happens? His senses are gone. Right? They are taken. How? You can't see, you can't hear, you can't smell. I mean, delicious food could be cooked at that time, but you have no idea what's being cooked. Right? Even if the whole house smells of nice brownies, if you're sleeping, you can't smell that. Right? Your senses are not there because they have been taken. Allah says in Surah Al-An'am, Ayah 60, وَهُوَ الَّذِي يَتَوَفَّاكُمْ بِاللَّيْلِ It is He who takes you by night. Meaning He gives you sleep and He takes your souls by night. So, إِنِّي مُتَوَفِّيكَ 
If we take the meaning of tawaffa to be sleep, then this means I am going to cause you to sleep and take you up in that state. So Isa was made to sleep and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lifted him up while he was sleeping in body and soul. So he was alive, but he was just sleeping when he was taken up to the heavens, when he was lifted up there. Why was he made to sleep? Because the journey up to the heavens, whatever it was, is not easy. Okay? The physical journey all the way up there is not easy. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused him to sleep. Now, it may happen with you that if you're traveling, okay, you're traveling somewhere, let's say you're on a 14-hour plane ride, okay, or a 16-hour or 20, whatever, and if you get to sleep for half of that time, is that journey easier? Yes. But if you don't get to sleep, then how is that trip? It's a trip that you can never forget. Right? Why? Because it seemed endless. It seemed never-ending. It seemed claustrophobic. You wanted to get out, but you couldn't. Recently when I was traveling, my son, first he was very excited about getting onto the plane. And then he'd be like, I want to get off the plane. I want to get out of the plane. I want the plane to stop. Because he was so tired of being in the plane. Now imagine, this is just a few hours. But the journey all the way up to the heavens, long, exhausting, and then perhaps frightening as well. Sir Isa a.s. was made to sleep. This is one opinion. Secondly, the word tawaffa is also used for death. It is also used for death. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Surah Al-An'am, ayah 42, that Allah huya tawaffa al-anfus hina mawtiha, that Allah causes the souls to die. Allah is the one who takes the souls at the time of their death. So the word tawaffi is also used for death. So some people said that Isa al-Islam was made to die and then he was lifted up. But that doesn't make sense because every person dies and then his soul goes. Isn't that so? So how would it be different from anyone else? Isa al-Islam, Allah told him, inni mutawaffika, I'm going to take you. Well, everybody goes. How was Isa salam, his departure from the earth, how was that different from the departure of other people? Then it wouldn't be worth mentioning. So this is a weak meaning. This is wrong meaning. This is not correct that he was given death and then he was taken. The third meaning is that the word tawafi is used for taking body and soul while the person is awake. Okay? So... In other words, in the state of full consciousness, in the state of full consciousness, so inni mutawafika. This is just like the Prophet ﷺ was taken on the journey of Mi'raj. Right? He was taken up to the heavens. And was that in his sleep? No. That was in body and soul. While he was fully awake and conscious. In full consciousness he was taken. So, if Allah can take his messenger wasallam. On the journey of Mi'raj, you can also take Isa salam up there. So, inni mutawafika, the third meaning. So, of these three meanings, which ones are accurate? The first and the third. These two. Because if you think about it, whether he went up in his sleep or in full consciousness, what's the end goal? He was taken up. He was not given death. Inni mutawafika. وَرَافِعُكَ إِلَيَّ And I'm going to lift you up to myself. Rafir, one who raises, one who lifts. Rafa'a. I'm going to lift you up ilayya to myself. You know the prophets of Allah, they migrated. They did hijrah. From one place to another. One persecution 
intensified, they migrated. The Prophet ﷺ went from Mecca to Medina. Isa salam, his hijrah was to? Where was his hijrah to? Egypt? Yeah? Is that where he migrated to? Yes, where did he migrate to? To the heavens. To the skies. So, إِنِّي مُتَوَفِّيكَ وَرَافِعُكَ إِلَيَّ Away from the world, away from the people who were hurling blames at him. وَمُطَهِّرُكَ مِنَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا And I'm going to clean you from those people who disbelieve. مُطَهِّرُكَ From تَطْهِير To purify, to cleanse. How did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clean him from the people who disbelieved? The people who disbelieved, they hurled Filth on Isa Was it tangible filth? No, it was intangible filth. And what was that? False accusations and blames. From the time he was born, they hurled accusations at him. And what were they? That na'udhu billah, he was waladu zina. That he was born out of fornication. That his mother na'udhu billah, she fornicated. And as a result, he was born. Likewise, they accused him of being a liar, of being a magician, Many other blames, many accusations. They hurt him. They hurt him. So Allah said that I am going to cleanse you from those people who disbelieve. Meaning I am going to declare your innocence. And that's what happened at his time and also after him. When Muhammad wasallam came, his innocence was declared. وَجَاعِلُ الَّذِينَ تَبَعُوكَ And I am going to make those people who follow you فَوْقَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا Above those who disbelieve in you. Meaning those people who follow you, your followers, they're going to be made above those who disbelieve in you. إِلَىٰ يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ Until the day of judgment. What does it mean by this? That those who follow you will have supremacy over those who reject you. And this will be so until the day of judgment. Now, those people who follow Isa salam, what does it mean by this? There are those who believe in him and follow his footsteps. But what kind of belief? Correct belief or corrupted belief? Correct belief. What kind of following? Correct following or corrupted following? Correct following. So those people who believe in Isa the correct belief, who followed him in the right manner, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give them success and victory Above those who rejected Isa salam, And this will be so until the day of judgment. Now who are those people who believed in Isa salam? His disciples. At that time there were very few. If you think about it, 12 individuals. They caused the name of Isa salam to spread over the entire world. Yes, in that process the beliefs got corrupted. Many things happened which should not have happened. I'm not saying that Christianity that exists today is the faith that Isa salam brought. No, I disagree with that. But we see that those who believe in Isa salam, those who have respect for him, they have always been more in number compared to who? Those who reject him. And who is it that disbelieved in Isa salam? The Yahud. And this is so. The Christians, the Muslims together joined, they are more than who? The Jews. This is so in numbers even. Right? So, وَجَاعِلُوا الَّذِينَ تَبَعُوكَ فَوْقَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا إِلَىٰ يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ ثُمَّ إِلَيَّ مَرْجِعُكُمْ Then to me is your return. Whose return? مَرْجِعُكُمْ Kum means all of you. Meaning all you people are going to return to me. 
Whether you believe in Isa salam or you don't believe in him. فَأَحْكُمُ بَيْنَكُمْ Then I will judge between you all from حُكُمْ Allah will judge between all people فِيمَا كُنْتُمْ فِيهِ تَخْتَلِفُونَ Concerning all that which you have been differing in. Meaning, concerning the matter of Isa salam, all the matters that people differ in, whether it is his birth, or how he was lifted up, or it is his status, who he is. Some people said, He was a liar. Others said that he was son of God. Others say that he is human being, messenger of Allah. Likewise, some people said that he was killed. Others said that he was lifted up. Some people said one thing about him. Others said one thing about him. So yes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed the truth to his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. However, the final judgment between the people will be when? On the day of judgment. That who was right and who was wrong. Has Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not told us about the truth? Yes, He has. So why the judgment on the day of judgment? Why? Because how will it be shown who is right, who is wrong on that day? When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give the recompense to people. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give reward and punishment to people. So those who are rewarded, they were right. And those who will be punished, they are wrong. فَأَحْكُمُ بَيْنَكُمْ فِيمَا كُنْتُمْ فِيهِ تَخْتَلِفُونَ فَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا So as for those people who disbelieved in Isa alayhi salam, فَأُعَذِّبُهُمْ عَذَابًا شَدِيدًا Look at the severe consequences. I shall punish them with a severe punishment. عَذَابًا شَدِيدًا فِي الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ In this world and also in the hereafter. Now a person might think that we are Muslims, we're only required to believe in Muhammad wasallam. So what's happening here? The fact is that we are Muslims and we are required to believe in all of the messengers of Allah. Whether it is Isa salam or Musa salam or Ibrahim salam or Muhammad wasallam, And rejecting even one messenger is like rejecting all of the messengers. Which is why if a person disbelieves in one messenger, his iman is not accepted. It is not accepted. This is why Allah says, as for those who disbelieve, in who? In Isa salam, one messenger. فَأُعَذِّبُهُمْ عَذَابًا شَدِيدًا فِي الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ I shall punish them with a severe punishment in this world and in the hereafter. And it happened that when the Yahud opposed Isa salam so much, they attempted to even kill him. What happened? From that point onwards, their downfall began. They were persecuted. They were attacked, they were divided to the point that they lost their lands, they lost their children, they lost their homes, everything. They were exiled from their homes. And we know that the tribes of Bani Israel were divided up completely. They went anywhere they could find refuge. And this is how some of them ended up in Medina even. Because they were not originally from Arabia. How did they end up over there? To take refuge. And they settled over there in particular. Why? Waiting for the last messenger. Waiting for the Savior to come and save them. To come and bring them back their victory. So what happened? Those who disbelieved in Isa salam, they were punished in this world. عَذَابًا شَدِيدًا فِي dunya. And this punishment is not just tangible, but it's also intangible. Fear. And this lack of contentment. Restlessness. Insecurity. This is all punishment in this world. وَالْآخِرَةِ The punishment in the hereafter is much more severe than the punishment of this world. وَمَا لَهُمْ مِنْ نَاصِرِينَ And they will have no helpers at all. Nasirin is the plural of Nasir. وَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا And on the other hand, as for those people who believe, but belief alone, 
Will that suffice? No. وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ They also have to do righteous deeds. Those who believe and do good, فَيُوَفِّيهِمْ أُجُورَهُمْ Then Allah will fully give them أُجُورَهُمْ Notice the word يُوَفِّيهِمْ Same root. That He will give them in full أُجُور Their wages. أُجُور is a plural of أَجْر And what is أَجْر? A wage that a person gives for the work that he does. Does he deserve that wage? Yes. And when do you get your wages? When you have done the work. You don't get your wages before you do the work. Or without doing the work. So, iman and amal salih, then ajr. فَيُوَفِّيهِمْ أُجُورَهُمْ وَاللَّهُ لَا يُحِبُّ الظَّالِمِينَ And Allah does not love those people who do zulm. If Allah does not like those who do zulm, can it even be imagined that Allah would do zulm Himself? No. If Allah does not like those who do zulm, this means He doesn't do zulm Himself. وَاللَّهُ لَا يُحِبُّ الظَّالِمِينَ And when Allah does not do zulm, this means that He will not punish someone unjustly. And He will not reduce the reward of the one who deserves it. وَاللَّهُ لَا يُحِبُّ الظَّالِمِينَ ذَلِكَ نَتْلُوهُ عَلَيْكَ مِنَ الْآيَاتِ That meaning this entire incident, beginning from the mention of Ali Imran, this entire incident, Allah says, Natluhu, we recite it to you from Tilawa, Talam, Waw. Natluhu alayka, upon you, meaning O Prophet ﷺ, min al ayat, of the ayat. Meaning this entire incident that has been recited is of the ayat, ayat, Lord of Ayah, wa dhikr al hakim. This is a clear evidence of your truthfulness. And this incident, this story, these verses are from what? Wa dhikr al hakim. Al-Dhikr al-Hakim, what does that refer to? This precise and wise message, it refers to the Qur'an. Because the Qur'an is Dhikr dhal kafra. Why is the Qur'an called Dhikr? Because it reminds us. Because in it is mentioned. Mention of that which is a source of success for us. In it is mentioned the truth. So it is Dhikr. Dhikr also means source of mention, meaning fame. And this is so, that the one who believes in the Qur'an and follows it, then he will have good mention in this earth and also up in the heavens. So this Qur'an is وَالذِّكْرِ hakim, And it's described as Hakim. What does Hakim mean? Full of wisdom. Full of wisdom. And one that decides, one that judges, one that makes a final judgment. So ذَلِكَ نَتْلُوهُ عَلَيْكَ مِنَ الْآيَاتِ وَالذِّكْرِ hakim. Let's listen to the recitation. فَلَمَّا أَحَسَّ عِيسَى مِنْهُمُ الْكُفْرَ قَالَ مَنْ أَنصَارِي إِلَى اللَّهِ قَالَ الْحَوَارِيُّونَ نَحْنُ أَنصَارُ اللَّهِ آمَنَّا بِاللَّهِ وَاشْهَدْ بِأَنَّا مُسْلِمُونَ رَبَّنَا آمَنَّا بِمَا أَنزَلْتَ وَاتَّبَعْنَا الرَّسُولَ فَاكْتُبْنَا مَعَ الشَّاهِدِينَ وَمَكَرُوا وَمَكَرَ اللَّهُ وَاللَّهُ خَيْرُ الْمَاكِرِينَ إِذْ قَالَ اللَّهُ يَا عِيسَى إِنِّي 